Hey, before we dive into this week's episode of The Start Down, I want to do a little bit of an intro here because this episode is a little bit different, a little bit unique. Um, I'm super excited to have the guest on that I do today. Uh, if you are a Sopranos fan, you remember he played Vito, uh, you know, pivotal character in the Sopranos franchise, you know, dealt with some controversial lines and some controversial topics uh, that we talked about a little bit on the podcast. Uh, former chef, he's also an entrepreneur, father. Um, talks about the Brooklyn hustle, which I love. So a lot of great things on this episode. Uh, Joe is doing some amazing things too during these COVID times. He's helping uh, first responders and hospital workers and a lot of people. He was able to raise a lot of money with his Sopranos fame. Uh, we talk a little bit about how he's leveraged that to do some great things, uh, even as an entrepreneurial career, but also how he affected the storyline of Sopranos and let them really uh, do something that no other TV mob story had done in so long by simply asking and I think that was one of my biggest takeaways from this is everything that he did or everything that he was able to do he just kind of asked somebody or said hey can I do this yeah sure Sopranos opened some doors for him and allowed him to do things uh, but he, he, he took it upon himself to ask and even in when he was you know on the show he was supposed to just be like kind of one of the guys in the background and the way he worked himself to the forefront to the fact that he almost got a whole season dedicated to him um, it just goes to show that that tenacity you know, hustle is great, and a lot of people want to talk about hustle, and I think, you know, even Joe talks a little bit about Brooklyn Hustle on this episode, um, but hustle only works if, if, if you have an action attached to it. So many people like to work hard towards nothing, or like to work hard on the wrong things, or don't like to work hard without having structure. I think, you know, one of the things I love that Joe talked about each time he gave a point, he gave the reason why he was doing it and what the goal was, uh, or the reason why he was doing it and what the outcome was. Um, and, and it was really neat and really exciting to see. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Like I said, something a little bit different, uh, something a little bit unique on this episode, but I hope that you enjoy it. So let's go ahead and head to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Start Down. I'm your host, Mike Vicara, and you're probably asking yourself, what is The Start Down? Well, we all know the startup is a great idea or a business that maybe you're just getting going, but I want to talk about what happens when you get to work, and that's what The Start Down is all about. We're going to bring great guests here for you on the show, people who have had massive success, people who are trying to build businesses, and I'm even going to share with you some of my own experiences. And I always say, this is a little bit like a buffet. Take what you need and leave the rest. So without further ado, let's head to the show. Welcome to another exciting episode of The Start Down. I appreciate you being on today and listening. We're approaching episode 100, and this is just really an exciting milestone. I got some exciting stuff coming up, but today we have someone who I've been a fan of for a long time. I'm a big fan of The Sopranos, being Italian, always watched the show. And if you've ever watched him, video Spatafora, his name is Joe. Joe, why don't you go ahead? I always say no one introduced themselves better than you do. Why don't you introduce yourself to everybody, and then we'll go ahead and dive into this. Uh, my name is Joe Ganiscoli. I, I see you don't want to take a shot with the last name. Uh, <laughs> Joe Ganiscoli. I played Vito on The Sopranos. All right. And Joe, you know, obviously uh, everyone knows you for, for being Vito on The Sopranos and, and you've done so many other things that we're going to talk about. But really, you've, during this COVID time, been doing something really neat that I've been following and, and really inspiration. You've been giving back to, to first responders and bringing them food and feeding them, which obviously, like I said, being Italian is a great thing. Tell us a little bit about that and what motivated you to do that. Sure. So uh, I was a, uh, a chef before an actor. 
So I have uh, I've had restaurants, and I know that they were struggling and going through some tough times. Some uh, closed, not to reopen. The ones that did open were struggling. So I was thinking, how can I help them? And my sister-in-law is a uh, works in a, live, a delivery uh, in a hospital in the delivery room, and my niece got COVID. She works in a hospital in the Bronx. So I helped. Uh, them both by taking them delicious food. She recovered my niece. So I helped them and I started off with some modest goals and went on for two months and I wound up raising $35,000 and I made over uh, over a hundred pickup and deliveries. I'd order the food, pick it up and deliver it myself. And there was always a lot of fans there and, you know, the nurses, doctors. So they always came down to take pictures and meet me and they were very, uh, happy that, um, you know, I took uh, time out to deliver to them and I delivered hospitals, nursing homes, fire department, police department, sanitation, needy families, post offices. And that's what I did for uh, about eight weeks. Oh, wow. And you're still doing it, right? You're still still going out and making some deliveries? I, it slowed down. The money sort of ran yeah. out. Um, I'm always looking for more donations in case it goes up. Um, I still try to, uh, you know, hook up the post offices. I mean, it's not as severe as it was. Yeah. But I used up uh, pretty much all the money. Um, I still have the GoFundMe open in case, for God forbid, we do get hit with a second uh, hit. But, you know, that's yeah. where I'm at. Yeah. And, and like I said, it was, it was neat to see because I think, and, and you probably heard from a lot of people, what were some of the stories you were hearing from them, though, of, of they were working long hours going through a lot? What were some of the things that stood out to you when you were making those drop-offs? Uh, you know, it, it was usually quick. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I'd call them, I'd say I'm in front. They'd come down with a couple of carts and we'd load up. I heard the stories from my sister-in-law that, you know, it was terrified and they were scared stiff of all the nurses and uh, what they were going through and what they were facing in the beginning. I would say I started in early April and back then it was like terrifying and there, and there were long hours and just, you know, pregnant mothers coming in wow. that had the virus and it was terrifying for them. So they really appreciated getting not just pizza or sandwiches, but I brought them like real food. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned you kind of been a chef, you've been in the restaurant industry, you know, and, and worked in that before acting. I know you've been doing stuff still. What do you miss about restaurants being open? I know for me and my family, it was always fun going out. What do you miss the most about the restaurants not being open? Well, I, you know, I went to a couple in my neighborhood. Um, most of the time I was doing sort of appearances. I wrote a cookbook novel. And I was doing signings with that book. I mean, that was a long time ago. But I, I mean, I had the book for a long time. Uh, I just miss, you know, seeing all my friends and, and the camaraderie and uh, all the fans that you get to meet. Uh, he loves when I'm hanging out. My my uh, my friend at this restaurant's very busy restaurant. It's one of the oldest in New York called Vincent's Clam Bar. And um, it, it does tremendous, tremendous business and so many fans there. So he loves when I'm there because everybody wants to take pictures and they're so nice. So I always like meeting fans. And I know too, uh, you know, before we started the show, we were talking for a few seconds there and you mentioned that, um, you know, I talked about when you look at starting something new, right? You decided to start this fundraiser to go out and it just kind of came together and you were able to raise, you know, over $30,000, go out, make an impact. You mentioned too that you, you've had, you know, you wrote the book, you've had some entrepreneurial ventures. A lot of people in this time uh, have been impacted by disease in a lot of different ways. And some people have lost their job, right? And for some people, maybe that's the kick in the butt they needed to start something new, a new business or a new adventure, a new thing. 
what advice would you have to somebody that sees, you know, cause I think it's kind of neat what you did was, was very organized, very coordinated. What advice would you give to somebody that says, man, it's just too hard to go out and start something new or too hard to do something like that? Well, first off, I think necessity is the mother of invention. I mean, that's a cliche, but I think it's true. Second of all, in, in my case, you have to think outside the box. Um, you know, I came up with an NFL product and I looked at my water bottle, uh, five gallon water dispenser. And I said, you know, it'd be nice to uh, cover that in my team, New York Giants. Yep. <laughs> Go Giants. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I was lucky enough that I, I, because of the Sopranos, it opens doors. I got in touch with the Giants. I'm friends with them. They directed me to the NFL licensing and they hooked me up with a guy that um, got it made and it's successful today. So that was the necessity thing. Another thing is thinking outside the box and my role on the Sopranos, I was just, you know, regular guy. First of all, played a different role the first season. Right. Right. Where I was just a bakery customer. Thank God they brought me back as Vito. And then playing Vito, um, I would have just been a, uh, another one of the guys, a couple lines here, a couple lines there. I did get to kill Jackie Jr. season three, which was big. Yeah. But then I had the idea to make my character gay from a book I was reading that a mob guy that was gay. And I said, wow, this is interesting. This would give me a real chance to act. And I brought it to the attention. Thank God it took them a couple of years, but they did it. And uh, it was a very prolific role. And when you think about The Sopranos, one of the greatest shows of all time, yep. I had a prolific role on it. They de dedicated a whole season to me. And, um, and again, it, you know, it, it changed my life. So again, you, I mean, you gotta have that. I got that Brooklyn hustle in me. Yep. You know? So um, it's thinking outside the box and, um, you know, just figuring a way, what can I do? I mean, I'm always thinking, I'm always thinking, I have always had ideas. Some, some are good, some are not good. Um, I've had a pool cue that I <laughs> like, <laughs> thought of, that sort of backfired on me with Glad. Uh, but, uh, you know, I've had other ideas, some work, some don't. I like that fuel pokey one. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty neat. Yeah. And I like that they let you bring ideas to the show, right? I think a lot of times people think when they're, you know, especially if they're coming to this COVID situation or even going back to work, right? It's kind of giving new ideas and outside of the box things. It's even suggesting it. What do you got to lose, right? Well, that, I, that Brooklyn hustle, you know? I, I can tell you that my suggestion was the only idea they ever took. Really? Well, it's got to be a good suggestion, right? <laughs> it was the only one. Thank God, because it actually happened. It's real. It's in every walk of life. Yeah. And uh, like I said, it would be interesting. It's something you never see. And at that time, it was the first thing that um, first time you ever saw that on a major show, a gay character that was straight. So uh, he was bi, whatever. But um, thank God they did it. And again, it changed my life. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like you said, it was out of the ordinary things you may be seen in other areas. And I know... You know, one of the things I've seen on Sopranos and you see from everybody that, that, you know, you interviewed that was on the show, I've always seen in those interviews, they talk about the great culture, the great family culture on set. You know, tell me a little bit about what it was like working with that group of people. Well, we had a great uh, group of guys. We always did have a lot of fun. We had a lot of laughs. You know, it was always, you know, just like Italians when they're sitting around, they're always breaking balls. So they yeah. always did that. And there was always food around, whether we're eating on set, in the scene. Always great food, you know, as far as craft services, but family meal or, uh, you know, lunch break, dinner breaks, or then when they were raking late, working late, they would order out from very good restaurants. So um, it was hard. If you notice, 
in our scenes when we're eating, people are not really eating. You know what I mean? That yeah. you can tell that it's take it to take it to take, and they're playing with their food. They're taking small bites, and I always say to myself, I go, how many? If you see Jimmy, may he rest in peace. Yeah. Playing with his ice cream, you know, you know, not really eating it because if there's 10, 12, 15 takes, you're sick of the ice cream. Yeah. So uh, I always look at that. Uh, when even when anybody's e eating food, they take these small little bites and they're like chewing forever. I'm like, come on, how long does it take to eat a, piece of <laughs> a, 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 a pee? And what, what was the best meal you had doing uh, on set? Either doing a shoot oh, or there were so or, many. Uh, there were so many. What was a, a good thing that we used to do is that. Whenever a guy got whacked, we always took him out to dinner. So that was a nice thing. Oh, nice. That's nice. So uh, you got to go out to a nice dinner. You went to a nice dinner too, I imagine then? Yeah, a nice time place. Uh, but um, we, um, the crab services that they had, the guy was really a good chef. I and mean, he always had, you know, if you eat it every day in and day out, you get tired of lunch and in the late night. So um, it, it was creative. Nothing really stands out in particular, but all the food was top notch. That's excellent. And I know, too, a lot of people, you know, when you hear about Sopranos and, and um, you know, I've seen some of the interviews, people said, I'll never work on another show like that. I'll never have that atmosphere. But I know a lot of people in their business and even their home life, right? They want to create that type of camaraderie. And sometimes it's something you can't do, right? It's just got to happen naturally. But what are some of the things Because I know you worked in restaurants, too, and, and you, know, you mentioned being a chef and even doing guest appearances. There's some restaurants. And, and I remember when I waited tables where, like, you know, it was a real family atmosphere. Everything ran well. How do you create that type of environment? What's the best way you think to do that in a business? Well, I've worked in, uh, I've worked in Manhattan. I worked in Brooklyn, Manhattan, uh, Los Angeles. But I worked four years in New Orleans. And that was like when I first started the business. And when I first got to New Orleans, around a half hour before they opened for service, there was a huge table in the kitchen. And all the cooks, preps, uh, chefs sat down and ate. They yeah, were allowed one beer. And I was like, wow, this is like amazing because... I was always, uh, bro, we always, you know, you ate on the run in the, in the kitchen, you know? Yeah. So we sat down and we had like a beautiful, a delicious dinner, like what customers were eating. And um, it, it was so cool. And then as soon as that half hour was up, man, it was like the bell went off and the race began. And, but there was that, uh, that family that, you know, you're in for a tough night. You know, it was a busy, busy New Orleans restaurant. Yeah. But we all ate like gentlemen. I, I love it. Yeah. And that's that's even even when my kids, right? They always say the best nights are when we all have the big family dinners or everyone sits down and eats. I think even in well, any business, even if it's not a restaurant thing, right? If you, if you eat together and you break bread together, you're going to have a good time. Uh, the funny thing about that is, and like, you know, people used to say, and this was true because I used to watch the show just like everybody else. I never saw the finished product, even though I was there for mm -hmm. the the, the breakthrough, eight o'clock across the country during when the season was on, the restaurant's empty. And then they were in front of the TV and you weren't allowed to call them. You weren't allowed to talk. It was like, you know, Sopranos from nine to 10. And the next day, everybody was talking about the show, radio, yeah. Yeah. Uh, friends around the water cooler. You see what happened. Remember this line, remember that. So it was, uh, it, we affected the restaurants in that way too. I love it. I love it. Well, Joe, I know we're coming up on our time and I really appreciate it. I know with the GoFundMe, I know you said you were looking to raise more money and, and people to learn a little bit more about you. Where could they find out if they want to connect with you or learn a little bit more uh, about you and what you're doing to help raise that money? Well, I mean, if they put in my name, Joe Ganascoli, is a search in the GoFundMe, they'll find me. I think that, I mean, I had posted so much stuff, all yep. the videos, all the things that I've done, but the link is somewhere 
in it. Maybe I'll post it up on Twitter uh, again awesome. so they could um, do it. And, um, yeah, it's been a pleasure talking to you and hopefully uh, and enlighten somebody on and spurring someone on to uh, get a uh, thinking about a product. Yep, and get it going. And just ask, right? Just ask and then take them out to dinner and it should be a done deal. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Joe, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. You're very welcome. My pleasure. Be safe. So that was uh, the kid in me is pretty excited. I'm not going to lie. That was a lot of fun. Um, you know, like I said, I've been a big fan of The Sopranos. And, and uh, even in my office, I just recently built a new home office because of COVID. Uh, so I closed in one of the bays in my garage and I made it in a home office. And there's Sopranos posters as there's been in my college dorm room. I think we were in my college dorm room, my, my, even before I went away to college in my bedroom. Uh, my college dorm room, they've been in every office I've had in my house. They were in my man caves. I've been a big fan of Sopranos. If you ever see any of my lives or my videos behind on my shelf, I actually have a uh, espresso cup that I got from when the show ended. They had an auction online and you could buy some of the props. But, you know, I think a big takeaway from that, and like I said, not just being a fan of the show and being able to have kind of a, a little conversation there with one of the actors and hear you know, some inside things and, and do all that. I think it's neat. But, you know, one of the biggest takeaways I had from that and one of the reasons why, um, and you even heard Joe talk about, you know, eating on the set, right? Like how, like, you know, they had to eat, you know, by the 15th take, you're on the ice cream, like the fifth time, they just didn't even want to touch it. Um, but a lot of the times, and, and he did talk about it in the end, I love that story at the restaurant, right? Like the restaurant that ran well was where they brought the whole staff and everyone sat around the table and ate together and they had a beer, you know, and then they knew the night was going to be crazy. They knew it was going to be hard, but they took a few minutes to work and dine together. I mean, if you think too, he didn't mention it, but a lot of the first responders, you know, firefighters, we know all living together, right? They eat together. We know that's a big part of it, you know, and <laughs> it sounds kind of like a crazy thing to talk about on an entrepreneurial podcast, but Food is so important, guys, and I think obviously now in COVID, you know, we can't get together, we can't go out to dinner, but, you know, I can't tell you how many business meetings and deals and different things that I've done that have been over a good dinner or a good meal, um, or, you know, even just that, that bonding that happens, um, you know, as, as a team, right, when you take your team out for, for dinner, and, you know, I don't mean that you have to go to, like, you know, the fanciest five-star, you know, Mastro's or Ruth Chris or, or nicest restaurant, it could be something as simple as, you know, uh, even the other day, one of the first restaurants my kids and I ventured out to was Quarter Deck. And I remember when I worked at Circuit City was one of my first sales jobs. Uh, you know, but for lunch breaks, we would go over to Quarter Deck. And when the store closed, we'd go over to Quarter Deck. And we'd all sit and eat and drink and have a good time and bond. And it was one of the best working experiences of my life, you know. Um, and, and I think it's, you know, it's so hard to create chemistry. Uh, that's really hard to do, right? We, we see it in sports. We see it, you know, Joe mentioned the NFL. Um, you know, on NFL teams, right? It's so hard to create chemistry. You got to make sure you have all the right players and see them win. Um, but what you can do is you can create a culture. And I know it sounds crazy. And, and you know, I don't know if anyone's given this advice, but <laughs> my advice to you is, and, you know, one of the biggest takeaways that kind of reminded me of this episode is, you know, you want to grow as a team. You want to grow as a family. Eat together. You know, and it's not what you're eating. It's not what you're having. It's not how good the meal is or how bad the meal is. It's just that you're together, right? And like I mentioned, you know, even in the interview with my kids, right? Even, you know, we say prayers every night before bed. One of the questions I ask my kids is what could happen today, right? What are we thankful for? Uh, and inevitably, my oldest son, whenever we have a, a family meal together, which we try to do pretty regularly, but he says, you know, that we all got to have dinner together tonight. And, and some of those dinners have been, you know, something as simple as leftovers or cereal, or sometimes my wife's an amazing cook. She makes this like unbelievable meal, right? But it doesn't matter. No matter how simple or how complex the meal is, he's always happy we had the meal together. 
And like I said, when I think of some of those great working experiences that we've had together, even a lot of the startups I work with, um, you know, sometimes we would all get together and, and maybe we worked remote, but we would meet for lunch or we'd meet for coffee or, you know, it's over these meals, over these breaking breads. And I think that there's something that the COVID time has showed us is that, you know, we haven't been able to do that, right? I think we're lacking some of that camaraderie. I even had a, a situation where I told somebody, I said, well, you know, those two would have been best buddies <laughs> had COVID not gone on. They probably would have already gone out for a beer and bonded and, and you know, the, maybe a project would have ran a little bit smoother, things like that. So um, once again, not downplaying the COVID. I know Joe even uh, didn't get into it, but I saw in some of the other interviews he did, he was really affected by it. His family, he lost family members. Um, you know, we're hearing a lot of people do that are losing members of their family. People are getting sick. Yes, people are recovering from it, but they're also getting sick. So, you know, I think it's important that we do take this seriously. But, you know, I do miss that bonding over food. I even miss the date nights with my wife and those different things. But you know, we'll get back to that. But I think it's important, too, when you look at creating culture in a business. I um, mean, especially if you're listening to this podcast post-COVID, you know, I want you to hear, you know, creating culture is important. And sometimes it is taking that employee out or taking the team out for a meal or doing a bonding activity. But, you know, there's something about sitting down at a table and eating together or bonding, you know, uh, you know, don't, and, and believe me, I'm guilty of this. So this is one of those things that I need to get better at. Don't, don't just sit in your office and, and power lunch it. Right. Um, you know, I know you'll hear some guys talk about, yeah, but you know, you, you could go eat lunch, you know, and sit around and, and bullshit with, with people, or you could go out and you could make money or you could sit there and send, you know, watch a video and learn something or do 15 different things. Yeah, you could do that. But if you're in an office and you got a team, there's something powerful about, you know, maybe taking just not every day, but at least a couple days a week and sitting down bonding, breaking bread, and eating as a team. It's a crazy entrepreneurial tip that maybe we all don't think about, but that dining together as a group, that dining together as a team, man, that's that that could be a big win, and that could, could really help. Like I said, you can't, you know, chemistry's hard. You can't fake culture, uh, but that's a great place to start is, is to have a meal, break some bread, and go ahead and get started. So uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. Make sure you guys check out Joe uh Guinnessoli on Instagram. I man, it was hard. I was a little nervous on the interview. I couldn't attempt the last name, but he is he is very active. Not on Instagram. I apologize on Twitter. Make sure you check him out. Uh once again, want to learn more about me, MikeFicara.com. And for more episodes like this, make sure you visit the startdown.com. Big shout out to Ryan and Mark on the production team. They are doing an excellent job uh, there on the editing group, and they edit and put all this together. They do the sizzles, everything you see on social media. That is all Ryan and Mark and his team. Ryan does an amazing job leading that. So uh, you want to know more, visit thestartdown.com. More about me, MikeFacara.com. And I will see you on the next episode of The Startdown. Thank you, everybody, for tuning into this episode of The Start Down. Once again, I am your host, Mike Vicara. Make sure you visit me at MikeVicara.com, where you will see links to all my social media, where I'm bringing content like this every day on how you can grow your business and your personal brand. Once again, new episodes dropping every Tuesday, so make sure that you guys like, subscribe, and share the podcast so that you can keep up with what's going on. Once again, appreciate you guys tuning in. I will see you on the next episode of The Start Down.